cold silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a cold of silence and it can't go on. I am Alan Ward, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on October the 30th, 2009. Newcomers, look into cuttingthroughthematrix.com website. You'll find hundreds of hours of talks I've given in the past where I try to funnel in the little gaps that leave out of the, uh, the history books that give to the school children. And I show you how the world is planned. The future is always planned by those who have been in control of the past. George Orwell summed it up very well in his book 1984 and that's how it's always been so I try to from their own official memoirs and bureaucrats especially high bureaucrats are very fond of putting out their memoirs uh, I show you that uh, things that were talked about and discussed at big meetings maybe 50 or 100 years ago and how they outlined their agenda for the world are all coming to pass and even the stuff that they've released 20 years ago for the next 50 years or 100 years uh, are all set up in motion. The machinery is there. So I give you the clues to it, and it's up to you to do the rest of the research yourself. You can't do it for everyone else. Uh, but it's not necessary to go that far to try and get enough information to, to at least inform others around you. You always start at things they do understand, but they can comprehend what's happening in their lives, what's changing in their lives, and start from there. You can't overwhelm them with, with history and data. Once you've conditioned them, into the reality of what's happening now, then you can start on them if they have the ability to comprehend that. You'll see all the other sites I've got on cuttingthroughthematrix.com website. Bookmark them for future use that way. You can always download if I get pulled off the big sites again. And that happens once in a while. Uh, therefore, you can always download the latest shows from the alternate sites. And you might find it easier because they, uh, when everyone goes into the com sites, at the same time, it tends to kind of be a bit slow. So you can, you can choose from these other sites there. And there's a whole bunch to choose from. The last one I generally mention is Alan Watt Sentinel. Sentinel.eu, the European site, has all the same audios as the rest, has addition of transcripts for download and print up of quite a few of the talks I've given, written in the various languages of Europe. And you bring me to you. You're the listeners. I'm not backed by anybody. I'm not making a career out of this, believe you me. As it's a necessity to come out now and just share the knowledge that I've gleaned over my lifetime. Uh, before, um, it's lost, basically. You have to pass knowledge on to each generation. So at least some people will have a start in life. Most people don't get started till they wake up much later on. And even then, there are very few. And then, too, they fall into so many traps because those who control put the traps out there and have you spinning off in different directions to keep you from hitting the truth. So you can also keep me going by buying the books and so on. I have for sale on the websites, the discs and so on. There's also discs with 50 shows on them at a time. Well worth it. And um, you can also donate to me as well. The, the donate button's on the, each and every site through PayPal. Personal checks for the U.S. and Canada. Uh, PayPal. MoneyGram is good. MoneyGram is good outside the Americas from the U.K. and Europe. Uh, Western Union, worldwide, 
And again, some people just send cash. It's up to you to keep me going because the expenses are heavy here, heavy. And every, I think, I think the electricity went up about three times already this year. And that's got an announcement that's going up again as they put in the smart meters. Uh, and behind all the propaganda, it's not just to teach you to use yet less electricity. It's, and the cost increase, of course, too, that goes along with it. It's so they can monitor every, every part of the equipment in your house and how much you're using it. That's the real reason for it all. Because they've been doing this in other countries before Canada. See, we're global, folks. And they just haven't announced the new masters yet. They'll come out eventually, once no one cares. Back with more after this break. the matrix, cutting through this fake reality that's been indoctrinated into us all, and cutting through the upgrades, or the downloads, you might call them, that we get every day from the mainstream authorized media, that's, that is, they're simply prostitutes for the, those who rule, but it's always been that way with media. It's just that the generation now have been trained to think that somehow it's an appendage to your your brain is there to reason for you. And that's what Brzezinski said in his own book, Between Two Ages. They know this. They know this. Because it's such an awful name in past generations. People used to know that the media's job was propaganda on behalf of those who ruled the big politicos and, and magnets of power. They knew that. But with, for about 30 years of giving us this amazing indoctrination, so you really truthfully think it's there as some sort of official educational thing uh, that um, is so altruistically uh, beautiful that it's part of you. And it's nothing, it's nothing of the kind. It's owned by private organizations. In the British Commonwealth countries, we have our BBC versions. Canada's got a CBC, and it's a spin-off of the BBC. The official one is funded by the taxpayer uh, to give us all propaganda on behalf of the agendas, you see. Not to enlighten you and to uh, knowing all the truth. We're never told all the truth on any particular topic. We're told spins on something to give us an opinion, and we're all downloaded with the same opinions at the same time. Standardization of opinion, you see. So it's a, it's a pity people forget that when they read media, that uh, there's agendas at work. Always, there's always been agendas at work. Yet you go into the history of the newspapers to find out how they were run in the past run exactly the same way today. They've got better PR, that's all. Now, with everything else, too, uh, with, with, say, with the vaccinations for the so-called, so-called swine flu, and the, the scary scenarios we're getting, exactly what the World Health Organization said, it gave us scary scenarios, you know, catastrophic doomsday scenarios, to terrify us into compliance with whatever it is, and we still think it's for the flu, you know, but there'd be other reasons for this jab. Just like there's, there's always been other reasons for the previous jabs we all got. Because from the beginning, part of the, the um, problem with the World Health Organization was to reduce the population. And they've been very successful at that, starting with the Western countries. Until they admit every year, and they give you the statistics, 
every year after sperm count is plummeting in the Western male and infertility just skyrocketing. But they never mentioned the word crisis beside it, which means it's obviously planned, you see. Otherwise, it would be a crisis, but it's not. It's the agenda. Therefore, there's other reasons for injections, inoculations, always. And we can't forget that Baxter Laboratories, on behalf of the World Health Organization, uh, supposedly screwed up. Now, you don't get these top clearance laboratories, the fourth with two, I think, to three, four, and five clearances that triple, quadruple check every single part or stages of working with viruses and all. They just happen to make, mix two viruses together, the common, so-called common flu being annual, what they suspect will be the annual flus this season, and uh, the bird flu, and set them off to be distributed across Europe. And if that happened, it would have caused supposedly a pandemic. Then we had the Canadian uh, Independent Inquiry uh, before they started the shots because they, they'd found it. I know where they found it from. It was, it was from years ago from the World Health Organization that if they gave the common flu first, uh, they could also set up the patient to receive a more dangerous viral uh, flu type um, by the introduction of the first flu shots that they got. So there's a hesitation initially here about giving out the flu. Then, of course, they went back to the propaganda and pretended they'd never mentioned it uh, so they can get the thing going. And people are coming down. It's amazing, you know, I've read articles here about people who just come down with it. The unfortunate, as they'll say at the top, you know. They know at the top roughly how much of the population will come down with um, dystonic problems as they call it. What they're telling you really in covering up is the fact you come down with an instant case of terminal phase multiple sclerosis that's what you come down with <laughs> that's what you're coming down with folks paralysis and you can hardly speak and you can't walk that's what they give you an instant advanced case a weaponized multiple sclerosis Yet the symptoms are dystonic. That's a description, not uh, an actual diagnosis. Here's an article here from Ireland that, that is from the, the Irish Independent, it says here. And this is from the 14th of October. Top insurer tells 1,000 general practitioners not to give swine flu vaccine. It says, an insurance company has warned 1,000 GPs not to administer the vaccine. The HSC plans, this is for their National Health Service, the socialized system that they have all over the place that the U.S. is uh, bringing into force, plans to enlist family doctors to give the swine flu vaccine to patients with pre-existing medical conditions. But an insurance company which covers around 1,000 of the 2,200 to 2,500 GPs in the country advised them not to sign up for the work because of legal indemnity issues. The HSE has given GPs until today to sign up to give the vaccine to 400,000 of their patients with certain medical conditions from next week. Well, a later article from another paper said they're trying to pass it on to nurses to give it so they'll get the heat and not the GPs. And they want to give the stuff to people with pre-existing medical conditions. I'll tell you why. See, under the eugenics scheme, they want to wipe out those who have any possibility of passing on certain what they call weaknesses, 
medical weaknesses on to their offspring. If you wipe them out and get rid of them, they were, that's, that's the end of their gene line, isn't it? That's a reason for it, folks. There's many reasons for this shot, many, many reasons, and you'll never understand them until you make that final leap and cross the big river at a single jump and suspend your incredulity and toss it out the window and come into reality that they're actually not just starting. They've been doing this for a long time, long time. And people haven't a clue. People just haven't a clue what really is going on ever, ever in their lives. There is so much information out there about what's really happening, and it's not getting out to the public at all. It's a telegraph. It's from all, all over the country. You have to go to Sweden to find out how many Americans have died with the, the jab already, because they're not reporting it in the U.S. You're just statistics and numbers. Unfortunates, as I say. You're the unfortunates. High bureaucrats don't have us. You're not Johnny Smith or, or whoever. You're a number. And that's how you go down. You're not real to them at the top. And they always come up with, well, it's for the greater good, you know, and all that kind of stuff, all that rubbish. Even those guys are not at that level of understanding what's really going on. There's big plans for this massive nonsense that you'll never figure out. And we'll all start dying off quicker regardless over the next few years because that's how they introduced the massive cancers that have skyrocketed for the last 30, 40 years. And they've got to reduce the population. Al Gore and all the boys say so. They're all telling you. Got to bring the population down. <sighs> yep, we're not dying fast enough. So what do they do? They're very practical at the top. They make it happen. And you don't tell the children you're killing them. We're the children, regardless of your age. Belfast Telegraph. By Lisa Smythe. Tuesday, 27th of October. Uh, the safety of Northern Ireland's swine flu vaccination program was called into question today by the parent of a young special needs pupil who ended up in hospital just hours after getting the jab. Remember, if it happens a day or two days after, you're not concluded under the causes of the jab causing your death. Huh. Anne-Marie Fletcher said she feared her 15-year-old son, Rice, was going to die and she rushed him to hospital less than 24 hours after receiving the swine flu vaccine. It doesn't say here in this report, by the way, and keep this in mind, they've been encouraging everyone to get the, the, the common, so-called common flu vaccine annual shot before the swine flu that sets you up for the swine flu. Remember that? That's what Karen has said. So they're not telling you if this little boy got that beforehand either, before the swine flu vaccine. The teenager fell seriously ill after receiving the injection along with thousands of other pupils across Northern Ireland last Friday. He was latest, later diagnosed with swine flu. He got swine flu from the jab, right? My husband and I drove him to Antrim, as uh, area hospital, and I sat in the back with Rice, she told the Belfast Telegraph. By this stage, he was going into spasms. He couldn't bend his fingers. I was absolutely terrified. He was rambling and becoming incoherent. I honestly thought he was going to die in the back of the car. Kept saying he wanted to sleep, but I wouldn't dare let him close his eyes because I was frightened that if I did, he would never wake up. The public health agency organized, the organized task with uh, managing Northern Ireland's response to the swine flu pandemic has clearly stated that anyone suffering from flu-like symptoms 
should remain at home and contact their general practitioners by phone. So if this guy had stayed at home, he'd been dead. Why would they tell him to keep them at home? The experience of the Fletcher family from Carrick Fergus called into question whether government protocols regarding the handling of swine flu are being followed. It's the latest episode to shake public confidence after the family of a London dairy teenager who died with the virus was not informed she had it until after her funeral. Some 2,500 children over 20 special schools for severe learning disability across Ireland were offered the virus vaccine last week after four pupils died with the virus this month. Who's dying off? Well, you know, those gene pills who don't want. Back with more after this break. sites up right now uh, discussing this particular World Health Organization memo from 1972 and I'll put one up tonight and check it out for yourself and follow and actually go into the, um, the medical site they send you to to download the PDF of a, an investigation into the ability of using vaccines which would bring down, it would kill people by the exact same methods that Canada was worried about recently, getting the previous shots, the so-called common flu or annual flu shots that they keep changing, and that you might end up being more prone and actually come down uh, with the uh, killer flu with the second shot, with the swine flu shot. You see? 1972, they knew this stuff. And I said, this is from a site, it's called Jai, uh, back, and it's just fight H1N1. And I'll put that up tonight. It says here, um, World Health Organization memos, 1972, explain how to turn vaccines into a means of killing. Uh, the memos from, um, blah, blah, blah. It's two key memorandums from WHO, discovered by Patrick Jordan, prove WHO had intentionally created the three-shot killer vaccine that people in the USA and other countries could soon be forced to take. Now, they actually found they could bring it down to two, which you've found out, because they actually mixed the avian flu with the first one and the common one, so-called common flu virus. This is, um, it names the memorandums here, uh, Bulletin 47, number two, memoranda number one and two, virus-associated immunopathology. Animal models and implications for human disease technically outline the ability to create biological weapons in the form of vaccines that do this. First, the first one will totally disable the immune system. The second one will load up every cell of the body with an infection, viral infection. Three, would switch the immune system on, causing the host to kill themselves. And what you've heard recently, it's from 72, by the way, but you've heard it only recently, and the Canadians uh, obviously came across the same thing as we're backtracking previous records in a, a cytokine storm. That's where, that's where all your, your white, white blood um, fighters come into play, storm into the lungs uh, to fight this virus, and you're literally drowning them. You're drowning them, so many come in. The, these WHO memorandums describe the three-phase impact of the three shots many people were forced to take, blah, blah, blah. 
It says, this is a, a crucial piece of evidence against the WHO's long-term genocidal intentions, and you better believe, you better believe, and I know most folk would never believe it, the two brainwashed people would never do that. That's how they get, think, get away with it in the real world. The long-term genocidal intentions that could stand in any court of law, because these memorandums give the best and fullest explanation of the World Health Organization's and affiliated labs such as the CDC, current activities such as their patenting of the most lethal bird flu viruses. And they did. They patented them. They're sending that virus to Baxter subsidiary in Austria, which weaponized it and sent it out to 72, 72 kilos of, to 16 labs in four countries, almost triggering a global pandemic. And that's true. I read it in mainstream papers maybe a month or two months ago. For every crime, there needs to be a motive, an indication that it was deliberately planned. The World Health Organization memorandums provide the evidence of just that deliberate long-term planning to kill people by weakening their immune system by use of the first vaccine, injecting a live virus into their body by a second, but they can actually couple the two together in the first one, and creating a cytokine storm using squalene in a third. And that's true. Squalene will actually weaponize, uh, and it's not just your own body going into this natural state of protecting you. It weaponizes your natural immune response and you can't turn it off. You'll, you'll drum in your lung tissue, basically. And on the site, it has the WHO memorandum uh, on publicmedcentral.gov. And uh, so it's official. You can actually read it yourself. So they've known this all along, you see. They know exactly what they're doing. What they're doing. And... Um, you scroll down once you come to it, it tells you how to do it. Virus-associated immunopathology, animal models, and implications for human disease. That's what it's under. Cell-mediated immunity, autoimmune diseases, genetics, and implication for clinical research. 1972, they've done this. So all the links are on here, and you can, link, you can look them up yourself and come to your own conclusions. It's up to you. Or you can listen to the propaganda and go along with it. Uh, you, you'd be amongst the majority then. That's how most things work. Propaganda wins over fact or reason. This has been proven in many, many, many previous generations. And this article, this next article is from uh, about Sweden. And it's from Vendretti. October the 30th, 2009, it's a European site, says that Swedish media reporting fake swine flu cases to scare the population. It says, today, Afton Blatt claims 80,000 people in Sweden are infected with the swine flu H1N1 virus. Last week, the official confirmed number of new cases were below 350. You see, we're getting it in every country, these massively inflated cases if they even exist at all. This is with dramatic graphs, dramatic, that's where they use graphs, dramatic graphs and bold-faced fonts. Afton Bloodit has apparently tried to scare as many people as possible into believing H1N1 virus to be a severe risk to their health. I'll be back with more after this break and read the rest of this article. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth.
the world, particularly Sweden, this article here, uh, are massively inflating the figures to terrify the public so they'll rush in and get their shots and all the rest of it. It says here uh, that uh, today the Afton Bladek claims 80,000 people in Sweden are infected with swine flu H1N1 virus. Last week, the official confirmed number of new cases were below 350. With dramatic graphs and boldface fonts, that and blood is apparently trying to scare as many as possible into believing the H1N virus to be a severe risk to their health. The same paper claims that the pandemic's vaccine, which today was forbidden in Switzerland for use on pregnant women and adults below 18 and above 60, that very same vaccine to be the only rescue for the, for the Swedish population. So it's abandoned in Switzerland, but they're going to use it in Sweden. It's amazing, eh? Hundreds of thousands might be sick by Christmas, warns the newspaper. The same article claimed that so far 2,126 Swedes have been confirmed to have had H1N1 virus. Johan Carlsen, the chief of the Swedish Institute for Infectious Disease Control, claims that between 50,000 and 80,000 in reality are infected. They keep giving all these massive inflated figures, and they can't prove it except for their graphs. And love crayons, you know. Crayons and little jerky movements, and that's what they call a graph. As long as it goes up, they're happy. The daily propaganda is unprecedented, and when readers are given an opportunity to comment on the propaganda articles, many see their comments disappear within seconds. And that's how it's done. The new strategy is to, strategy is to raise comments to the propaganda articles without sending the normal notification. In this way, those who comment in an article and have their comment removed will not know it's taken from the site. Sweden and its very, uh, is very much controlled media is now showing its true face, implementing tactics worthy of the former Soviet Union and communist East Germany. The Swedish socialist system has been praised by many world leaders and is called the Swedish model, and that's true. Navant-Gard, you know. It's based on payments, slavery, and full control of all vital functions in society by a political control group. There's no real freedom in Sweden, and the people have been so intensely indoctrinated from early years to the extent they think they want this system. It's true, they, they like the authorities a lot. You can, get, you can train people to be happy slaves and give them little freebies and things and, and be a nanny state until, until that phase is over. It's only to get them under the spell. Then they hit you with a big stick and tell you what to do, and you obey, which you're used to obeying, you see? trained. You've been trained to do it. It's startling, really. It's true. Now, there's a, a website there. I've read it before, and it's called uh, The Green Agenda. Excellent site, and uh, so many uh, quotes on it. There are other sites as well, but they really put to down concisely the quotes to do with terrifying the public and bring down the population and global warming and all that rubbish. And they give you references and quotes uh, to do with this, this particular thing. And I've read this one before from the Club of Rome. Remember, they were the premier environmental think tank to be the consultants to the United Nations, where the founders wrote a book called The First Global Revolution and said it was back in the 70s. They said this in their book. It was back in the 70s. Uh, they, they were looking for a way to unite humanity under a, a new paradigm, basically, a new cause to bring us all together, but it had to be under a warfare scenario. So they looked around all the different possibilities. Under a warfare scenario, where our big threat and big danger, we all allow the governments to dominate us. We work hard for government. And we do with less food, less this and less the other, rationing, all that stuff. 
right, and even ID cards. So they said this, the common enemy of humanity is man. In searching for a new enemy to unite us, a new enemy to unite us, we came up with the idea that pollution, the threat of global warming, water shortages, famine and the like would fit the bill. All these dangers are caused by human intervention and it's only through changed attitudes and behavior that they can be overcome. The real enemy then is humanity itself. That's the premier environmental think tank set up to find an agenda, find the possible scientific sci-fi solutions to it, and they're the consultants to the United Nations. And then they have all these professors on the board of this international um, policy study group on climate change, IPCC. And here's what one of them said, Professor Stephen Schneider. We need to get some broad-based support to capture the public's imagination. So we have to offer up scary scenarios, make simplified, they're all very simple at the bottom, simplified dramatic statements, and make little mention of any doubts. Each of us has to decide what the right balance is between being effective and being honest. See? Professor Schneider, Stanford Professor of Climatology, lead author of many IPCC reports for the United Nations. Timothy Wirth, President of the UN Foundation. We've got to write this global warming issue, even if the theory of global warming is wrong. We will be doing the right thing in terms of economic and environmental policy. As we said, this President of the UN Foundation, Timothy Worth. Christine Stewart, former Canadian Minister of the Environment. No matter if the science of global warming is all phony, climate change provides the greatest opportunity to bring about justice and equality in the world. Professor Chris Follard. Hadley Center for Climate Prediction and Research. These guys all get their salaries off this con game. This is what Professor Chris Follard said. The data doesn't matter, meaning the facts. The data doesn't matter. We're not basing our recommendations on the data. We're basing them on the climate models. You know, the specially made computer ones that give them the answers they want. (laughs) Dr. David Frame, climate modeler, Oxford University. The models are convenient fictions that provide something very useful. <laughs> Al Gore, the guy who was given the job of being the, the front man for all of this by his big pals at the top. is quite the allegory, isn't he? He says, I believe it is appropriate to have an over-representation of the facts, meaning a massive exaggeration, right? an over-representation of the facts on how dangerous it is as a predicate for opening up the audience. So terrify them all with, with this coming catastrophe by over-representation. Because it's not a catastrophe at all. It's to bring us all under a new system of slavery, folks. Paul Watson, co-founder of Greenpeace. It doesn't matter what is true. It doesn't matter what's true. It only matters what people believe is true. Sir John Houghton, the first chairman of the IPCC for the United Nations. Unless we announce disasters, no one will listen. Daniel Botkin, emeritus professor. The only way to get our society to truly change is to frighten people with the possibility of a catastrophe. Al Gore, in his 
Nobel Peace Prize acceptance speech, well, what a con it is, eh? Well, the whole, the whole world's just a, a big stage of comedians. The climate crisis is not a political issue. It's a moral and spiritual challenge to all of humanity. So it's a spiritual challenge, you see. It's also our greatest opportunity to lift global consciousness to a higher level. Guess who's guiding the whole way? This new religion of, of greening and so on, depopulation and starvation for all, <laughs> except them, of course. They made a good job in China and Russia, the Soviet system, didn't they? We are on the verge of a global transformation. All we need is the right major crisis. David Rockefeller, Club of Rome executive member. Boy, he's in all these top, top organizations, isn't he? He funds, he funds all these organizations across the planet. His big PR crew, crew uh, I think he hires a whole of Madison Avenue, come up with the T-shirts and distribute them to all to school children across the world. The same banners across the world, so they'll all be on TV across the world at the same time, demanding government do exactly what Mr. Rockefeller wants. <laughs> Al Gore again. An inconvenient truth. Humanity is sitting on a time bomb. If the vast majority of the world's scientists are right, with just 10 years to avert a major catastrophe that could send our entire planet's climate system into a tailspin of epic destruction involving extreme weather, floods, droughts, epidemics, and killer heat waves beyond anything we have ever experienced. A catastrophe of our own making. Boy, oh boy. Dr. James Hansen, NASA researcher, again, to deal with climate change. We're getting close to catastrophic tipping points, despite the fact that most people barely notice the warming yet. <laughs> That's because we're all cutting back on our heat because you're punishing us all for using energy. By the end of this century, climate change will reduce the human population to a few breeding pairs surviving near the Arctic. Sir James Lovelock, revenge of Gaia, he says. The Gaia is to see Mother Earth. <laughs> Greenpeace International. Climate change will result in a catastrophic global sea level rise of seven meters. That's by that's bye-bye to most of Bangladesh. Netherlands, Florida would, would make London the new Atlantis. But as I said, scary scenarios, eh? Dr. Tim Flannery, principal research scientist. This planet is on a course for a catastrophe. The existence of life itself is at stake. Wow. Who's going to get us first the bird flu or the, or the, or the heat waves or whatever, eh? Harry Reid, U.S. Senate Majority Leader. Coal makes us sick. Oil makes us sick. It's global warming. It's ruining our country. It's ruining the world. And Angela Merkel, German Chancellor, climate change is the greatest threat that human civilization has ever faced. Boy, they have all their clowns in, in the right places at the right time, don't they? They always do, though, don't they? Barack Obama, the guy who's never even run a French fry outlet or a fast food chain. Nothing, you know. Barack Obama, suddenly is an expert, climate change is real. Not only is it real, it's here, and its effects are giving rise to a frighteningly new global phenomenon, the man-made natural disaster. Arnold Schwarzenegger, oh, God, look at all the movies he's been in, eh? Disaster movies. He, he slaughters everybody. We simply must do everything we can in our power to slow down global warming before it's too late. They're all on board, aren't they? And, of course, Prince Charlie Boy, who was in trouble recently for uh, basically uh, selling off a whole township of villagers <laughs> so something can get built in that place instead. 
after all these spiel about uh, saving the environment. Anyway, that's another story. His pledge, climate change should be seen as the greatest challenge to ever face mankind. And Gordon Brown, British Prime Minister of the Fabian, climate change makes us all global citizens. We are truly all in this together. The exact conclusion that the Club of Rome came up with when they came up with their whole scenario, and I'll read it from the beginning, that first one again is so important. Uh, The common enemy of humanity is man. In searching for a new enemy to unite us, we came up with the idea that pollution with the threat of global warming, water shortages, famine, and the like would fit the bill. All these dangers are caused by human intervention, and it's only through changed attitudes and behavior that they can be overcome. The real enemy, then, is humanity itself. Club of Rome. Premier environmental think tank for the United Nations. And they've got all the propagandists in place called so-called world leaders. And you think you voted them in? You think you voted them in? They've got to be all on board. They even have institutions, you know, foundations, that's main job is to fund thousands of professional people to go around to other foundations and NGOs and all these politicians to build consensus. Are we all on board on this now? Well, I'm not quite sure. As they slip cash under the table and they get, they get sure and sure and sure, the heavier their hand becomes. That's how it works. And the careers are guaranteed to go up the ladder, you see. Because, see, we've never been run by the truth. And under this global system, they got a lot of big plans for all of us. Not very nice. And they've got to get good excuses to bring you into poverty, into a world of servitude. And they're, they're bringing down the food supply, and they will bring it down bit by bit. They're banning meat altogether. They said it's going to be a vegetarian world. They're paying farmers to grow biofuels, biofuels, even though they've said in their own Agenda 21 that only authorized vehicles in the future, authorized essential vehicles will be on the road. We won't be driving. It's all a big plan to stop and halt and bring down food production and leave the big five agribusiness boys in control of all food supply in the world, and then they will ration it out to you. Yep. That way you can fight global warming, you can fight uh, the Ice Age, you can fight whoever they bring along, and all the flus, you'll be fighting it all, and you're all in it together, and you'll get your rations every week, but you must serve the world state. And each region that they've marked off the world in is to be dispensed as food in a quota system. And they'll bring down the quota every year and say, oh, we just can't feed the world. So it's up to you, that region there, to bring down your population. How you do it is your problem, but we can't help, sorry. I'm not kidding, I've read their books. I know where it's all going. I know where it's all going. An article from The Telegraph, and I've talked about this before too, but it's still going on. I've talked about the sterility amongst males massively. I've gone through the, the bisphenol A and all the other things they put in their foods, even baby food, even um, they put in melamine and baby food, which really brings down the sperm count. They put all the different stuff in the cosmetics for women. They know damn well what they're doing. And literally, if, a, if she's pregnant with a boy in the womb, uh, between, I think it's 8 and 12 weeks, he pretty well will turn into a, a rather puny male and be sterile. They've known this for, oh, 
60 odd years have been doing it. They found it out in the late 1890s in experiments and they made sure it was going to go into the food, including putting in the baby food for bulk. <laughs> you're eating plastic. And you think you're, they're out to help you. So the telegraph, 23rd of October 2009, why boys are turning into girls. Gender-bending chemicals are largely exempt from the new economic union parliament regulations, warns Jeffrey Lean. Girls will be girls, boys will be girls. Everyday gender-bending chemicals are feminizing increasing numbers of babies. It says, here's something rather rotten from the state of Denmark. His government yesterday unveiled official research showing that two-year-old children are at risk from a bewildering array of gender-bending chemicals in such everyday items as waterproof clothes, rubber boots, bed linen, food, nappies, that's your diapers, sunscreen lotion, and moisturizing cream. It's in shampoos and everything. It's been, that's why it's in there, in fact. The 326-page report published by an Environment Protection Agency is the latest piece in an increasingly alarmist, alarming jigsaw. I've been talking about this stuff for years, and so have other people, and it's only because of that this kind of article's even appearing in the paper, by the way. It's, it's different with almost a humorous content. A picture is emerging of ubiquitous chemical contamination driving down sperm counts and feminizing male children all over the developed world. And anti-pollution measures and regulations are falling short of getting to grips with it. Back with more after this break. Yeah. 
Where uh, where do you think will be the last place or maybe a, the safest place to be once things really get underway? Because it seems like it's it's a really scary situation right now with what seems to be about to happen in the United States. And so I'm just wondering if there's any other places that you thought might be uh, a better place to kind of shelter. You'd have to go to almost a third world country that doesn't have the machinery of military, police, official dumb bureaucracy or money. Uh, to implement the, the totally controlled society that all the other countries, the so-called first world countries, have. Um, and countries that are not too interested in with oil or anything like that uh, at the moment. Uh, that's mm-hmm. what you'd have to look at. That's, there are only a few places left, to be honest with you. Uh, and then you'd maybe have to rough it. Um, you can't just run off to get a, a doctor or a, a hospital any time of night or day. And if you're willing to do that, you probably could live the rest of your life before they eventually catch up and start doing the same there. Those will be the last countries where the money gets pumped in and the rapid deployment forces move in to bring in the same system. Okay. Okay. And um, this is kind of an unrelated topic. You were, you were talking previously, or I'm sorry, not previously, but I saw a video of you on YouTube talking to uh, a gentleman by the name of Cole Cree, and I'm not sure if you're familiar with the video, but um, he, he was a caller into your show, yeah. and he was talking about the, the, the Masonic influence on uh, culture creation and uh, hip-hop in particular. And you mentioned um, KRS-One, or he mentioned KRS-One. There was some discussion about that, and I saw some imagery, uh, some videos about him as well. Um, but I also know that he works, or he's, uh, I don't know how, how closely related he is, but I know he's involved with Alex Jones. Who is um, supposedly, you know, uh, fighting a information war against this planned agenda? Um, what is? What are your? Do you have any other thoughts about that? No, he just called in a couple of times. I never looked up uh, his information. I've spoken to I've spoken to lots more rappers and different people in the industry. I know exactly how they're being managed, and they're quite right with the Masonic influence behind it all. Uh, and most of them actually are encouraged to join the OTO. Most musicians are and have been since the, the 60s, you know. Yeah. But thanks, thanks for calling, and uh, I might look into that myself later. But from Hamish, myself, in Ontario, Canada, where it's been pouring rain with the, new, the heavy, heavy spring, and then down comes the rain, as always. It's good night, and may your God, or your gods go with you.